I got that too, boy. Check, check, one, two. All right, I'm good. That works too. <laughs> Let's piece these broken pieces together. This is episode six of Fumble Podcast. I have with me today a real old friend, but also family. Uh, the reason I have him on uh, is he has a new YouTube channel uh, called Expansion Network. Um, he's also on Instagram under the same title. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about his videos and, that he's posted recently and get into some of the topics that he's discussed specifically. Uh, if you didn't know him, now you know him. His name is Hassan Malakon. Welcome to Formal Podcast, man. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. And uh, First of all, before you get started on your questions, I wanted to also congratulate you on what you're doing. Um, I know we were talking about it before, you know, before this whole thing, that it takes a lot of work to start something from scratch, yeah. and uh, it takes a lot of a lot of effort. And so, um, I mean, your boat, you're in my boat, and we're both freshly off the boat. Exactly. <laughs> no, thank you, man. No, yeah, yeah it, um, you understand. Uh, it, there's a lot of similarities between what you're doing and what I'm doing in the podcast world and the YouTube world. So, mm-hmm. a lot of editing, a lot of learning. Um, it's fun though, honestly, because I mean, like you, I, and we can agree. You know, when you you have the vision first, mm-hmm. you have the you have the idea, mm-hmm. and that's what matters most. Is ultimately like all the mistakes with editing and, and, and all the growing that we go through. That like the content for me is is number one. So, and I think it's the same for you. And your videos are, are awesome because you you really actually like talk about some real shit. So. Okay. Um, so what made you want to start with that anyway, Expansion Network? Um, so the idea came back, actually came a few years ago. Um, I don't remember exactly how it came about, um, but I never had the heart to you know, get it going. I didn't know what to start or what to do. And uh, so it, the idea came like an inspiration. I think it was during a run or some sort. And even the name, it started with the name Expansion Network. And, um, but I never moved on it. I just I let it die and just went on with my life. Um, but I had to think about what, how that all came about. And, um, the other day I was thinking about that and I, what I realized was it really came out of all the struggles that I've been through, um, from age zero to age 19, I would say. Um, when I think back, I was kind of in a state of, uh, sleeping. Like I feel like I was sleeping from age zero to age 19. I was just going along whatever I was a part of. I didn't have my own say in anything because I didn't know who I was or you know, what I wanted to do and what life is about. Um, and I didn't care to know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was okay with whatever. And from age 19 to age 22, 23, I went through a lot of struggles and challenges in almost every area of life. Like any area of life you can uh, talk about, it hit me hard. Um, and 
And so I think that's what really motivated to start this because um, what happened after these challenges, um, I chose to let these kind of teaching and inspire me to grow and learn and research mm -hmm. and uh, put into practice. So I think what I learned, I feel like a lot of people are probably going through it or may have gone through it. I'm not saying I've arrived anywhere, mm -hmm. but I'm saying that I've got a pretty good footing of what I want to do. And, um, and so, but it all came out of those struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So what uh, those struggles, um, yeah, I, I, I do agree that a lot of people go through that. Mm -hmm. I went through it too, in my own way. And, and I've known you through all those years, you said. So I've known you since you were 11. Mm -hmm. um, and to get reference, you're now 30. And, and um, you want to let the audience know what what your career ended up being as far as on the side of expansion network? Yeah, so, um, and again, that was a result of struggles too. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now what I'm doing is I work as a nurse. Um, we had a funny word we call us man nurse, MERS. MERS. Uh, yeah, because there's not many uh, male nurses mm -hmm. in the whole profession. Yeah. So, um, but I, I'm a nurse, I'm an RN, I work in workers' comp, which means people who get injured at their jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a master's program, I uh, started working, and now I'm two and a half years into what I do. I basically help people get back to work in the safest and most efficient way possible, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I love what I do. Yeah. Um, it's I, I don't mind doing it until mm -hmm. I retire, but at the same time, I realize that I have a lot more to offer to life. That's why I'm doing this other side of things. The expansion network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're going to dive into the expansion network, but... Um, I'm sure with COVID and everything, the, your your nursing uh, career probably you've seen a lot yeah. uh, from just COVID alone. Mm -hmm. um, and it took us so long to be able to get each other in person, right? And, mm -hmm. and people who want to uh, follow up on the podcast, most of my uh, guests are actually virtual, um, just to be safe, right? Um, but uh, <coughs> we, we're family, you know, we, so I've known you and... and that's why I wanted you here in person, especially because I wanted to talk to you in person about these topics that we're going to get into. And you and I have had many discussions in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, podcasting and, and YouTubing aside, like just you and I sitting down and we discuss like, I know one movie we both really liked is Dr. Strange. And yeah. Because of how many like messages are in that mm -hmm. and, and how it's like, it's a hero movie, obviously, but there's way more to it. And you and I discussed it. We called it information high because yeah, we like got exactly. super into it. Yeah, yeah, man. So that was um, so when I'm watching your uh, expansion uh, network network videos, I, I I get the same vibe. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is something I want. I wanted to be on for. Mm -hmm. I wanted you on anyway, but then this was like the extra motivation to have you on sooner. Mm -hmm. um, so you you came up with the name expansion network before you. So how you said you came up with it. Can you give a timeline, like when you came up with that? I, I just my best estimate was two, three years ago. Okay. This was um, so. Remember, I told you there was two, three years worth of challenges, and I'm I'm open to talk about the challenges yeah. if you want to. Yeah. But after those two, three years, I went into research mode slash application. I became kind of a scientist in my own life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I would try uh, research something, try it out, see how it worked, collect the results, and repeat it if it worked or discard it. Um, so during that period where I started doing that and I just seen the result pile and compound, um, I started, I would just go on runs. I would just feel so motivated and inspired. And, um, I feel like it's one of those times that it just, just kind of came out because I knew I wanted to teach. I didn't know how I wanted to teach. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily I have a lot to say, uh, or it's not that my ideas are original. 
I don't have a single original idea. Yeah. But I think my talent or my gift is giving ideas that everybody already knows, but in a way you can digest it, mm-hmm. in a way you can actually apply it. Mm-hmm. Because we're not in today where information is no longer the problem. We're bombarded with information. Mm-hmm. How can we take information that we already know and then translate it into action? That's the problem. And we need people who can like you know assist with that. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's what you're going. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what we're maybe mention one of the uh, struggles you had that that led you on this journey. So I think the first struggle I had. Um, so before we kind of talk about that, my channel um, is basically based on a five foundations to life. This is what I've learned, okay. and these are all the, uh, based on the struggles I had. Mm-hmm. Now some people expand this to seven, some people do twelve, but I've condensed it to five. And essentially what I've learned is if you want to have a smooth life, there's five areas you have to constantly work on every day or uh, master. Mm-hmm. One is relationships. Mm-hmm. That's both personal and social. Mm-hmm. The other one is finances. Mm-hmm. The other one is health, both physical and mental. Um, fourth is your spirituality. And fifth is your vocation or what you do for a living mm-hmm. that earns you income. Mm-hmm. So these five areas, I've learned that if, if any, any of them is missing in any shape or form, it will affect you. And the best way I've heard it put is, you know, I don't know if you mentioned one of those old uh, carriage wheels, like back in the day, those horses and those carriages. Yeah. And then, uh, so you had those wheels and you had the center spoke and you had uh, like, you know, spokes coming out. So you had the wheel and then you got what's holding it in the middle and then you got, so these five areas of life are each spoke basically. Yeah. yeah. So if any of the spokes is shorter than the others, your ride is going to be bumpy. Oh, I get That's it. the best way I've heard yeah. it put. Yeah. Um, but when I moved into the research state of my life, I was essentially problem solving one of these five areas, but I didn't know it back then. I was just problem solving any problems that would come mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But the first challenge that I just started was um, relationships, both personal and social. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I didn't have um, any much associations. I was an introvert for most mm-hmm. of my life. Um, I didn't know how to hold conversations. But especially with the opposite sex, like I had no idea even how to hold an eye contact, how to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting older and older and getting really frustrated because I thought, well, one day I want to have find a partner in my life. And when that day comes, I want to make sure that I don't settle for somebody. Um, I want to have the opportunity to also be actively participating in the process of choosing. Yeah. Because if you don't feel confident with yourself, you just settle with what you get. Mm-hmm. But if you feel that confidence, you can pursue and understand what you want and find that. But to do that, you have to be comfortable. Right. And I didn't have that comfort because I didn't have any you know, sisters or whatnot. Yeah. So I went through my first relationship and that pretty much crushed me. Yeah. Um, nothing nothing wrong with her. Mm-hmm. She, she's a great person. Mm-hmm. It was all me. It was mm-hmm. all my fault. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't experienced enough. I wasn't knowledgeable enough. And so that started the process. And the interesting thing was, I don't know what clicked in me, but usually... There's two types of mindsets people have in their life. One is victim mentality, one is creator mentality, mm-hmm. right? Victim mentality is everything's happening to me. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if I don't get good grades, my teachers or my books suck. Yeah. If I'm not doing well, my job or my boss sucks. Yeah. If my health is not good enough, my genes suck. So yeah. I had uh, victim mentality on blast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was back then. But everything was somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, at that point, that relationship was also that person's fault. So, but I came upon certain information or inspiration that made me turn inward and said, well, what did I do to attract this experience to my life? Why was it there? What was it doing for me? Yeah. And so what that led to was 
certain level of information that basically there were certain people that taught you how to be more confident in interactions, both personal and social. Yeah. And I followed that, and for a while I turned into scientist mode, like you talked about before. Yeah. And what I really realized was you can master that area of life because it took a while, it took a year, but what was a place of absolute lack in my life became a place of abundance, about a year, year and a half. And what allowed that to happen was I was willing and uh, I was willing to try anything and everything. I was willing to sacrifice anything of who I thought I was and to accomplish that goal. So after that year, I accomplished that. And I was like, well, if I can do this, what else can I do? And so I started to turn my attention onto all the other things that was really lacking in my life. And the next time was uh, my, you know, uh, what I wanted to do with my life, my profession, my uh, my schooling, my grades. I remember that was the second hard hit that I had. Yeah. I was going to UC Davis. Uh, you went to Davis. Yeah, right? that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So I was going. I to remember Davis. when you were there. We were both there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I was going to Davis, and um, I remember at that time. I probably had the lowest GPA of anybody you'll ever meet. I don't know if anybody knows this. Yeah. Very close people to me know, but I had a 1.8 GPA. I don't think anybody can have a lower. You have to try to get that lower right, GPA. Right, right. And so Davis pretty much put me on academic probation. Um, I was pre-med back then. Um, I had put thousand dollars of loans. I had no direction. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to do what everybody else wanted to do, just be distracted. And so I had put thousand dollars of loans. You say this to be on academic probation means you're pretty much gone, yeah. right? And my parents were like, you're not coming home. You know, you need to get yourself straight. Yeah. Um, you can't come back. And so I started just taking jobs. And I remember uh, the job I got was selling vacuums going door to door. Yeah. And I remember one day we were going door to door and... Um, you were like 20 here at this point? 21? Right around that yeah, time, yeah. yeah. And I remember going to door to door and trying to sell these vacuums. And the way we would do it was we would go knock on the door and we would offer free shampoo cleaning for your carpet. We would say, one of your rooms in your house, we're going to come back and shampoo it and clean it. But what we're actually doing is trying to get into the house and selling the vacuum itself. Yeah. We would still do the shampoo, but then do that. Yeah. But it was one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life because nobody likes that. Nobody wants to, you know, <laughs> come and knock and people would cuss at you, they slam the door at you. Yeah. I remember one of those days, uh, you know, I was walking in the rain and it was cold and I got sick that day and I didn't make a single penny. I worked for three, three weeks and I had, and this is right around the same time yeah. that I was on academic probation. Yeah, yeah. And about six months before, a year before, you know, that whole relationship thing has, had happened to me. And I remember on the ride home, because we'll always get around in vans, there was a bunch of people, all jobless, all really striving to just find something to eat, mm -hmm. you know. And I remember looking around and saying, is this what I am? You know, yeah. just looking at the people around me, is this all I have to offer for life? Yeah. And I think something just flipped again. Mm -hmm. flipped. It said, well, if I was able to master that mm -hmm. and get ahead of that, what can I do with my education? Yeah. And so, that was uh, our <laughs> I think they're getting really excited. <laughs> they love your comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what ended up happening was I turned my focus and problem solving, you know, mentality to that aspect. Yeah. So, what I ended up doing is I did everything you're supposed to do. I didn't care what I had to sacrifice, what I have to do, which um, which people I have to hang out with, which people I have to let go, which activities I have to let go, which activities I have to gain. Um, I, I was willing to do whatever it took. Right. So I surrounded myself with um, certain people at that stage that were just getting A's and everything. And I just started emulating them. And um, I was I would sit right in the front of the class. I would take notes. I would study all day long. So anyhow, within one year, I went from 1.8 to 3.8. Yeah. Um, 
got my philosophy bachelor's, then got into a master's program, then became class president, then won the Sutter Student Award, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But at that point, it was just on automatic run. It's because my confidence myself had increased so much. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was anything special. I just figured out what to do. Yeah. And one of the keys, that's one of the keys to success is make unlimited sacrifices. Yeah. That's all it is. Because you're your own... Um, uh, worst enemy. Worst enemy, exactly. <laughs> or your biggest ally. Or biggest ally. That's true, yeah. It's... Um, no, I remember those times, man. I, I uh, And it's, it's like, you know... Uh, my perspective on all of that, like because you know, you and I grew up we were very close when we were younger, and we we hung out a lot. You know, both of us figuring out figuring out what we wanted to do. Um, I'm a few years your senior, but you know, we basically like kind of both moved here around the same time in California. Yeah, I moved here from the East Coast. You moved here from Iran, another country, so yeah. that was even tougher. Mm -hmm. And then you went through your struggles in your teenage years and. I was uh, just out of high school, and I was kind of aimless too. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we both we didn't really talk about our struggles. Mm -hmm. I know, like uh, as far as relationships, we were kind of involved. Like we knew what was going on in, in the other person's life. Yeah. Um, and I remember that relationship you're talking about and working out for. Yeah. <laughs> you called me for. Yeah. I remember you were the only person I had. So yeah, I was man. Just like, I mean, yeah. for better or for worse, but <laughs> anyway, I mean, it was, uh, I think we both learned a lot and mm. from each other and then also separate. Like, I think when we, uh, focus on ourselves a bit, yeah. you know, we took some time to kind of figure ourselves out. Um, and, then, uh, I went my own route and I discovered my love for music and that I, that should, that should be where I could head. And that's what I studied. And then in Davis, we kind of, saw each other again a little bit and that's when you were at like the peak of your struggle you yeah and then um uh, i remember that th those times and 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 um and then i remember that the following like the next few years that were to come mm -hmm. um i think that was when we really like took time apart to mm -hmm. figure stuff out and and i I w it wasn't even anything bad i i just knew you needed to figure it out and mm -hmm. i i did too mm -hmm. um and then, but during those times, it seems, is when you figure all these things out, which is cool. To, and this is the first time I'm actually hearing this, and, you know, and then it's, it's like we're filling the gaps that, yeah. that was in there. You know? yeah, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's kind of great to see that you came out of that. And, but I think the key, the key to all of this is that you allowed yourself to struggle, mm -hmm. and you allowed yourself to fail, mm -hmm. right? And you, allow, and you started in embracing it as opposed to avoiding it mm -hmm. right i yeah. think that's that's what i'm getting from what you're telling me is that you were what clicked for you is that no this should happen to a lot of people i think right mm -hmm. so i think it was a little humbling maybe and then you started to realize um you're not alone and maybe that then led you to discoveries of these five phases yeah so, yeah exactly because i mean everybody goes i'm not unique in that everybody goes through their like wake up moments or challenges yeah but um, that's at a very critical point where you say to yourself, basically how you move to define those challenges is you say, um, what what meaning you extract from it. Mm -hmm. The same thing can happen to four different people and they'll completely take different meanings from it. Mm -hmm. One person will go into the victim mentality and say, see why my life sucks, see why this is the reasons why it's happening to me. Mm -hmm. The other one will say, I'm getting stronger, I'm mm -hmm. more stronger than I've ever been, whatever, or in, all the way in between. Right. So um, I, I wasn't like, like that all the way to the end because I started with the mentality. Yeah. But 
every time I moved this way, I saw the results that it would bring. And I kind of became high off of that. Yeah. Because I realized how much you can manipulate life mm -hmm. if you understand that you're creating all of it. But if you don't understand you're creating all of it, you are susceptible to all of it. Wow. It will create you, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's one move later on to what expansion it is. Yeah, and and this is, I mean, this is no secret that I mean it is for the audience. But you lost your grandfather, I think, I think around that same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember that I was there, right? Yeah. So for people to have reference, how we're related is that uh, your uncle was married to my sister, mm -hmm. so. His dad, your your grandfather, um, and you know when he passed, uh, was it ten years ago? So maybe like yeah, ago. Well, well, well. yeah. Um, and I think that was the first time when you went up to speak at the memorial. I remember how emotional you were, and and that was the first time I, like, I felt you, man. I felt you on a deeper level. You know what I mean? I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a moment where I thought, okay, like, it, I noticed. Maybe I guess I noticed something in you that was different from before. Like oh, I, I noticed like he's 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 gone through some things that I don't know about, mm -hmm. right? And those that was the time where we were starting to phase out, like we were going on our own things. Yeah. So I but I mean we'd still talk in, at gatherings, but it was um it was more on the surface. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but then I I feel like that was like I feel like you went to another level as far as growth. I feel mm -hmm. like you because um, you're very, uh, you said it yourself, you're introverted, right? And most of our friendship, I was the one that talked all the time. Yeah, that's right, so, yeah. And so like, um, but that's even changed now. Like you're a lot more talkative now and, and more social. That was one of the things you said you worked on. Mm -hmm. like, so, yeah. um, and, and it's okay to be introverted. I'm just saying like, um, that was your own calling, your own choice. Mm -hmm. But anyway, from that time in our lives, and when I saw that, I, I, um, I, when you were telling me your struggles and um, your like wake up calls, like I feel like it was around that time, yeah. and I feel like that probably contributed to I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and we all want to make our parents and grandparents proud, so I'm sure when that time, it might, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you like feel like, damn, like I, you know, I, I wish he was around maybe longer so he could see me succeed. A little bit. I well, honestly, I I learned who he was after he died, yeah. and my biggest thing was I wish I knew who he was while he was alive yeah. because I would have been differently with him. Mm -hmm. I would spend time a lot more differently with him. He was one of the most purest souls uh, that, and I know all of these through, through stories. Yeah. I mean, nobody in my family ever says a negative story about him. Yeah. And that says a lot about him. Yeah. So I wish I knew him like that. Yeah, and he was in Iran most of your. Semi adult life, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were a kid when you left, so yeah. Well, I mean, when he would come later on, yeah. he had Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, yeah. so he was struggling. He was a shell of himself by then, right? yeah. He wasn't really, he was kind of like one foot here, one yeah. foot there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of, of passing, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, one of your videos, and that's that could garnered the most attention because we just recently, my wife and I, I lost my father in law recently, and uh, so that struggle in my mid-30s now, right? That was one that was really, um, allowed me to really gravitate towards that last video, Life mm -hmm. After Death. And, um, and let's segue into that, because I want to know sure. what your take is on Life After Death, and looking back retrospectively to your grandfather passing, everybody passing. Right? Yeah. So like, it's harder obviously when it's someone you know or someone you love. So, um, 
how do you how how has your perspective been formed or changed even uh, since ten years ago till now regarding uh, life and uh, well, another ex- big experience was you know my wife's uh, dad passed right. away, and I know him for a very short period of time, but he was also a very special soul. Mm-hmm. Um, he welcomed me into the family like open arms. Mm-hmm. Once once he got to know me, he welcomed me with open arms, mm-hmm. and it was really different and special, mm-hmm. uh, especially in his environment and. Um, I also had the, uh, I don't know what the term for it, but the pleasure to be part of his transitioning to what comes after. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember I was, you know, because Misha at that time, she was going to school and she couldn't be at the bed all the time. And so so I told her, you know what, you go do your program because you're going to flunk out if you're here every day. I'm going to be here. And uh, I still had to study for my nursing board exam, but I was emotionally more collective, so I, I couldn't handle it. So I, I spent nights there almost a week sometimes at times just you know sleeping next to him and watching him slowly transition. Yeah. So that was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And um, but it also has to do with my spiritual training, but also some of the my own experiences that I've had, um, that's probably could be a subject of another podcast, but I've had certain mystical experiences that also has tremendously shaped me and we can talk about five hours just for that. So I don't yeah. want to get too far into that, but you can you can uh, you can touch on it. A bit. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, but essentially, you know, everybody will try to give you something about what comes after, mm-hmm. right? And just to quickly like summarize the concept of my video, I'm not going to get to it. But there's essentially three lines of thought. When you die, nothing happens because there's nothing to happen. Mm-hmm. This is basically the end of you, end of humanity. Yeah. Two is there's a whole lot of something, and three is you get reincarnated. People who believe in reincarnation usually are under two forms. So they either say that you have you come back as a new person, um, so that depends on the life you live now, mm-hmm. or you come back under an absolutely new form. So you can come back under a tree or under another animal or even under as a rock. Yeah. So uh, so the, the idea of reincarnation logically never made any sense because you're taking a lot of something and it basically a lot of it gets deleted right after death and it kind of resets. And uh, reality just doesn't do that. Anywhere you look, it just never does that. You can't take your memories and perfections, your virtues, your qualities, all these things you gain, and just delete it, and all that comes back is your karma, as they call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the karma part makes a lot of sense, but what you gain out of this life, that can just evaporate. Mm-hmm. You're gaining it for something. Everything has a use. Every cause has an effect. I so, agree with that, because I think it's um, when you do, when you do go through your moments of learning, I think it's it's invaluable and there's something about it that makes you feel like, you know, you've just gained so much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can't even put your finger on it half the time, but it's something that, it's a feeling, it's like a confirmation call, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something that's bigger than what's around us, I feel like. It's bigger than just me or you. or like exactly. It's like, so you're, I do, I believe that. I, I would agree with you that, um, I can't just hang, grab that and say it's it's nothing, right? You know, because it's it's more than, than just a physical thing, right? Yeah. And then the other aspect is the people that these are more of a materialist point of view of the universe, where it says that if you pass away, well, nothing survives um, because your body dissipates and your consciousness, your mind is related to your body, so that also dissipates. Yeah. Um, but that again is fallible in my opinion because that's actually violating science itself. 
Because science says for every cause, there must be effect. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of causes for your body, but there is a lot that you gather that's not really physical. Mm -hmm. For example, your personality. Look at me where your personality is in your body. Mm -hmm. You cannot. Mm -hmm. Right? Your attributes, your kindness. Look at me. Which part of your brain is related to your kindness? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Um, so these things, these are attributes that a higher part of yourself is collecting as gems mm. on, under the, under the, yeah, right. you know, the vehicle of the body. So these, again, can't become nothing. So what happens is you're producing a lot of causes in your life, and then you're essentially saying that right at the end of life, all these causes produce absolutely no effects. Yeah, yeah. So again, that just can't happen because even science doesn't support that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Science is for every cause, there must be some sort of effect. Yeah. Especially with a living being who can discover the hidden realities of all things. Mm -hmm. The human being discovers all the secrets of science, all the secrets of Adam. There's nothing that it can't discover. Mm -hmm. So it even discovers things that are almost beyond physical plane. As we're learning into quantum world and string yeah. theory and all those things, these are not really physical states. Yeah. And we're crossing into the physics. Yeah. So so that can be e either. And then the other side is more of the religious side says there's a whole lot of something. Yeah. But my problem with that always was, well, where is the proof? Yeah. Show me something. Give me something. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff that says in a lot of books. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to disrespect books. I, yeah. I believe in books, yeah. but I'm saying that I, I needed more than that. Yeah. So um, there's there's multiple different views of the taking approach, yeah. and one view is a, an aspect that I didn't take in my videos, yeah. but having direct um, access to other worlds besides this one. Mm -hmm. You can do that in prayer. You can do that in meditation. Mm -hmm. You can do that with certain plant medicines. Yeah. Um, you can. There's many ways you can do it. You can do it in dreams. I feel you can do it in dreams. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I feel like that, that's where I connect a lot. Mm -hmm. It's through dreams. Mm -hmm. I don't have many. Well, I mean, they say you're always dreaming. It's just whether you remember or not. But mm -hmm. the ones that I remember are just so profound. That's again, that's one of those things that, that that's part of your experience. Yeah. Right? For example, how can you have a dream that can come true in the future? A lot of people have had that experiences. Mm -hmm. I've had a dream, and literally five out of ten people say, I've had a dream that has come true in the future. Yeah. How is that possible? Is that what a deja vu is? Uh, that's a lot of, maybe, there's always, a lot of times in, like, you, you come across the same instance in, in a waking moment, right? right? So that's not necessarily related to a, to a dream, dream. Okay. uh, but you can come to, across a moment and you're like, I felt this before. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, before, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I've had that many times. Yeah. yeah, and so, but dream is a lot of, really concrete because a lot of people say, well, I've seen that and no, it's right, true. Right, right, right. So anyhow, the video goes on to say that, well, maybe you don't have to worry so much about stuff you don't understand or stuff you don't know. Right. Maybe we can look at stuff we already know and then look at that and see how reality repeats after itself. Mm -hmm. um, so when you come into this world, you go into the world of the womb for nine months. Yeah. And I like to call it that, the world of the womb. Yeah. Because it really is a state of reality for you for nine months. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're in there, you have a distorted time frame. Yeah. You don't know it's nine months. Yeah. For you, it's all eternity. Yeah, it could, yeah, yeah. Right? Or it could be very fast. Right. It could be either or. Right. But you have no sense of time when you're in there. That's true. Which again tells you what our sense of time is, how much diluted it is when you're waking. It only makes sense to you when you're here. But when you're sleeping, it, it all gets distorted again. Now, what do you think of that though? Because we've all come from a womb, right? Like every single person here um, in this world. But I haven't seen anyone that can remember any of it, obviously. Uh -huh. I can't tell you what happened because it almost could have not even been me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, if we're taking this approach that you're saying about life after death from this life, right? Uh -huh. uh, and and 
whatever experiences we had as in that womb, right? That nine months could have been 80 years. It could feel like 80 years, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this is nine months for us right now. You know what I mean? We don't, this is stuff I don't know. But like, uh, we define years. I mean, hum- humans made all of this, right? This time, the way we perceive it, this unit of time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what we call eighty years is is just how we could understand days and a lot of a lot of people have new death experiences. They say that right when you cross over, this life feels like moments, right? Like it's almost like a dream. Yeah, when you have a dream, when you're in the dream, it could be hours, days, even years, right? But when you wake up from a dream, it was maybe five minutes. Or so, yeah. So the time is really distorted depending on where you're at, wh- from what point of view you're looking at. It, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's. Do you think we went through something like this when we came to this world from the womb, the world of the womb? So it'd be a little bit more clear. Meaning like, meaning like the minute when when we're about to be born, right? Um, like, did that whole nine months feel like a moment? Do you th- do you, I'm, I guess it's. I'm I don't think I understand, understand what you're yeah. saying, but so consciousness is a really weird thing, and in that nine months, consciousness is kind of finding itself. I think. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It really is not aware of its transition the way we are. Yeah. Um, it feels certain things. It feels light and sound and stuff like that, but that's as far as it gets. It does. It has no idea what's happening. But even in the world of the womb, it goes from place of just sleeping all the time yeah. or absolute just not much of what's in the womb but then it starts to uh, obtain a little bit of light coming through or a little bit of sound or whatnot so that's where consciousness starts yeah. and so but at the point of transition it actually consciousness feels pain at the moment of transition because right. it doesn't understand what is happening but what is also happening is your information received is intensifying infinitely because mm-hmm. the wound protects you of what can reach you mm-hmm. but the minute you come out now the world can reach you yeah. so you perceive that as pain because yeah. you're not comfortable with it yeah, yeah, yeah. so if we look at that and we follow that pattern forward mm-hmm. essentially you can probably see the same thing absolute bliss and joy is coming to you but you will perceive it as pain huh. because so much more is coming than yeah, what yeah, you understand yeah, yeah. so it makes a lot of sense if you look at it critically and then understand reality it repeats itself yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. And the other point is that you're in the womb, you're developing eyes and hands and feet and thought. And, mm-hmm. But none of these things you lose, you use in the womb. Um, oh, yeah. You're, you, you're developing all of it for this life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't mean you're going to be, maybe have a lesser form of life. For some people it may be, but your quality of life heavily gets affected. But this is a physical world, so you develop a lot of physical attributes. Yeah, and, and the comp- the, maybe these two lives are incomparable. Like they, you can't compare maybe the life of the womb to this life, mm-hmm. uh, or at least to the cognitive levels that I would understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it, I could like. I mean, there's no one I could say now. As far as this life going to the next, mm-hmm. if whatever that that is that we're talking about, mm-hmm. is um, you know, there's there's documentaries about people who crossed it and then got been returned. Yeah, you right. know, like there's, there's shows on Netflix talking about near death experiences. Yeah, near death experiences, and they've literally, like you said, they've discussed, they describe it as like it's it's like time is not relevant. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, time doesn't make sense, and that that is crazy to me. Like, um, it, it, for me, it makes me think like, what am I worried about in this one? You know what I mean? Like, as far as like, 
we try to hang on, right? Mm. It's like one of the best lines I've heard in years from the Joker in uh, The Dark Knight uh, when he's, you know, he's talking to Bruce and he goes, you know, uh, people want order, right? People want order, and every everybody. Uh, um, if I say that a, a, a prisoner got killed, mm-hmm. uh, no one panics, mm-hmm. right? But he's like, as soon as I say I want to blow up a hospital, they lose their mind because that breaks the chaos. It, it yeah, creates yeah. chaos. And he yeah. said he's the agent of chaos. But it, there was so much profoundness to that movie because I feel like it was more than just a superhero movie. It was like, it was like life. It was like taking you and, and simplifying life for, for me. It was like, yeah, dude, like we all obsess about what we can control. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you want, I feel that it's like you should welcome challenges welcome changes like you yeah. went through mm-hmm. i went through right mm-hmm. it's those changes um like you said is preparing you for a stronger version of yourself or even that next and that's a choice you make actually yeah. i feel even with this life it's, it's a choice to make that these challenges are going to uh, ready me for what comes after yeah. yeah it's a choice you actively make because yeah. if you don't make that choice they will burden you on a greater level because now you have more challenges to point to and say why I am doing the way I am or I'm not doing what I want to do. But that choice takes effort, right? Mm-hmm. The choice to, to, to welcome it, the mm-hmm. choice to um, be open to the changes and, and, and embrace it. That takes like a solid effort mm-hmm. mentally, right? And a lot of courage. And a lot of courage. But yeah. So my question is what, where did that lack of courage and, and where does that almost laziness come from in human nature that we all um, at our base mm-hmm. you know if we weren't thinking we could just pass up on these things we could make the wrong choice yeah due to those two factors I feel like there's probably two areas one is just the way we're made obviously man or a human being is made out of three different parts you're part mineral you're part vegetable you're part animal and you're part divine mm. So that's four. Four parts. Yeah, yeah, four. Um, and you're composed of all these things. Yeah. And well, the vegetable and animal kingdom has its own attributes. Mm-hmm. You are made out of that, and yeah. you need to take care of that. Mm-hmm. So you need to eat. You need to uh, procreate. You need to um, get your sleep and stuff like that. Yeah. And the body just wants to take care of itself yeah. because it wants to ensure its own survival yeah. and produce offspring, etc. Right. So there, that's the uh, biological aspect to it. But I think that today there's a Heavy psychological aspect to it, mm-hmm. which is the um, the way that we're instructed to seek immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've learned: all success is literally at the end of all immediate gratification. Everything that's lasting will take time. So you have to be patient for it, and you have to work like you've never worked before, mm-hmm. and you have to sacrifice. A lot of that which is lower than you in order to create more of that which is higher. Mm-hmm. And we're taught literally all the opposites. Mm-hmm. We're taught to seek immediate gratification mm-hmm. when it comes to food, when it comes to how you move, um, when it comes to how you associate with people, even the content you consume, um, which is a greater and greater level of what actually enters your world. It's not necessarily what you see or who you talk to, it's the content you consume. Yeah. And so that immediate gratification. Any entrepreneur, any uh, anybody who's pursuing success will tell you, learn to go away from that in any area of life. And this holds true in all five aspects. Yeah. I mean, the person who wants to bodybuild, they have to sacrifice in and out. They have to sacrifice carbs, they have to sacrifice simple carbs, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, the person who wants to develop a good solid relationships, they have to sacrifice that animal nature that wants to mate with many people and all of it into one. Mm -hmm. The person who wants to become, let's say, uh, financially healthy, they have to learn not to buy loose stuff. So it's always fighting against immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. And that may not be taught to you when you're growing up. Yeah. Right? Um, some people have spiritual values to teach that. Some people have parents to teach that. Some people teach the opposite. Yeah. I've been part of families that literally teach you to pursue immediate gratification and their justification is you only live once yeah, right yeah. that is a reality and i respect it i have no problem with it but with that reality comes certain fruits mm -hmm. when you eat your fruits don't keep blaming the world mm -hmm. you are the one that planted those seeds right, right? Right, right so you can't go with the mentality of you only live once and i do my immediate gratifications but i don't like my fruits mm -hmm. you have to accept the fruits that it comes with. and you know what's you know what's hard about that is is some of these uh uh, human mentalities that are taken, and all you know, respect to all, right? We don't, we're not judging anybody, we're right. just, but we're just saying these are realities that happen. Yeah, what with some of those choices, though, I feel the, the ones that whether I agree with or not, um, some of those have direct effect, actually, all of them have direct effect on their offspring. You know what I mean? You just said it, like they train, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But even some of the choices they made that could have damaged themselves or or, or uh, made them kind of like hold, get held back as far as evolving and becoming like where humanity is going to go eventually. Mm -hmm. um, it, it slowed it down maybe for them. Uh, that could be a direct effect to their child. Mm -hmm. So now their child is paying for something that they did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... You don't only live once, I guess, because yeah. <laughs> now your child can feel it, or yeah. or their child can feel it. Mm -hmm. That you know, like generationally, we, right. we can make choices that generationally can affect. Yeah, and some people put it as you know, you are a collection of your ancestors' sins, and it doesn't necessarily just mean wrongdoings. You are a collection of uh, psychological habits that have been passed down. Yeah, you, yeah. And you have no idea they're in you. Right. And a lot of life is actually not learning; it's unlearning things that are no yeah. longer serving you. Yeah. So that's literally what I went through from age uh, probably 19 to 27, 28, is unlearning everything. Yeah. I'm still learning. I'm right. still unlearning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, but it was so intense for me. And it was actually really exciting because as I was throwing out, I also watched my reality change. Yeah. Because everything that's deeply rooted in me must find manifestation of itself in my external environment. So if there's a habit that it's just rooted, and it doesn't matter if I'm aware of it or not. It just matters that it's rooted, yeah. and it works just like the, these plants out there work. Right. So certain plants produce certain fruits, certain plants produce other fruits. Yeah. And part of the reason and some plants produce poison. Poison, exactly. Yeah. And the interesting thing is stuff like weeds and poisonous plants. You don't have to garden for them; they naturally grow. Yeah. But the good stuff, you have to actively grow. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's so, what you were talking about with the mind. Yeah. Because to 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 get what we want, where we want to be, we have to work on it. Exactly. We gotta, we gotta think more. We gotta plan more, and we have to. You have to become a lot more active in your life. You can't be passive anymore. Yeah. Because the world, once you become passive, it wants to turn you into a consumer yeah. because it can use you, abuse you, and sell to you. Um, but you have to become active and take ownership and understand that you are made out of many parts, a lot of different parts. This is what I've learned. Mm -hmm. I'm not preaching this to others. I'm just saying this is what I've learned. Mm -hmm. You're made out of many parts, and all these parts are being designed by somebody else. Yeah. You 
when you're passive, you have very little to do with what's going on. And the world loves to program you because then they can turn you into a consumer. They can turn you to get your vote a certain way. They can get you to manipulate to use certain items a certain way. But the minute you become uh, active, you actually, the first thing you realize is how much you're bombarded with other people's uh, belief systems. Because your belief system sell. You're not thinking for yourself. You're, you're, you're letting others think for you. You're letting others think for you, and you're letting others install habits in you. You know, And that's the greatest thing, because habits control your life. So is this where followers and leaders are made? Where it's like, I mean, there's a lot of, especially in these days, like people can become leaders even when they don't want to become leaders, mm-hmm. because they're just doing something they like mm-hmm. with zero intention of, of leading, mm-hmm. right? But... This is where I think we're responsible for what we put out in the ether, mm-hmm. what, we, what we say, right? This is the point of this whole episode, this show yeah. in general for me is um, I just felt that I needed to be like, I had these, I, I would see what's going on in this country or in the world, right? How polarized everything is and all that, right? Um, not just the politics, everything, right? There's so many factors that I feel like it's, is we're divided. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt like it doesn't, like, I love all of those people. I don't care what they, like, you know, what, what TV channel they like, what news channel they watch. I don't care about that. I don't care even what uh, party they belong to, mm-hmm. right? Because I, for me, it was simple. It's simple. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm naive, but for me, it's like, what? Well, I just always think, well, if we're humans first, mm-hmm. right? Let's just keep it there because everything else was taught. Right, but the human, the, the the soul, as you say, um, um, whatever that means to most people, it means different things. Your energy, what are you going to call it? Yeah, your yeah. energy. Uh, like this conversation, and I've had this types of conversations with all types of people, right? And I've had like, uh, like super informative and, and fun, whether it's laughter or, or even sadness or, or suspense, whatever the emotion that attached to it is. Mm-hmm. The result was that I felt better. I mm-hmm. felt like relieved. I understand. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, why can't we just go back? Why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. Right? And not get distracted by what others are saying. Mm-hmm. But what I was leading to is how do you, so how do you, what's, what's your experience when it came to mental health? Like, the, mm-hmm. the challenges of overcoming, like, like, I don't know if you went through this, you know, like, for me, for example, like I've had many days where I get, get wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do anything because I'm just so defeated up here. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I just woke up on the wrong side of bed, as they say. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but like the day before that wasn't even necessarily a bad day. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had a great day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had concerts, but you know how much I love music. I had, I, you remember when I toured, mm-hmm. I've had tours. I've had like amazing concerts where I'm like cheered and, and, mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, um, people are chanting my band, band's name and everything. And anybody who was watching that is like, oh, this guy must be on top of the That same night I drove home from that gig and I'm crying because mm-hmm. I'm like not happy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So those are my, that was like one struggle I had when I was touring. It was like, why? Like, when I discovered music as what I wanted to do, it was such an amazing feeling. But I was also naive about the real, the real world. Mm-hmm. I was so young, and I was, like, innocent, I guess, right? I, I didn't really – I wasn't broken in. You know, I wasn't uh, shown the reality. I was kind of nurtured from family. Family was always like, oh, go do it, do this. You know, you believe it. And then 
then you start getting hit by like people you don't know and then yeah. and then and then here comes the internet and then now you got now you can see anything. I mean I, I for celebrities who who like kind of stay out of the limelight when they're not doing a movie or, or when they're not producing an album. Mm-hmm. Like I have respect for that because they don't let Hollywood eat them up. They don't let the the Hollywood way of living mm-hmm. rule their lives, and that, there's a lot of those people I know. Like Johnny Depp, I feel like is one, mm-hmm. right? Or like, and he even goes through his own struggles. But mm-hmm. but like uh, Sean Penn, you know, like these actors that I feel like are they they kind of do similar things that you're saying. Like they they dictate their life mm-hmm. within the business that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The business, the habits of the business say, like, do A, B, and C, but they're like, no, I'm going to do D, E, and F because I want to do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that level of clarity of thinking, mm-hmm. um, how did you get to that? How were you able to, or maybe you're still figuring it out to a degree, but mm-hmm. how are you able to have that clarity? Because that's, I think, the, the word. It's clarity enough to be to see it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so what I, I'm still, like you said, figuring it out, but um, I started focusing on, because especially as a male, I feel, you know, society puts certain standards on males, just put some other standards for females. As a male, the, society, the, the standard that's put on you is you need to be successful and to be happy and joyful. And that was an aim in my life, but I started to look at the end result. What's the point of success? It's joy and fulfillment. And so I, I started to say, well, we'll work on that, but let me focus on joy and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so the five areas in, in my channel, which all those things are, but the part that has to do with your joy and fulfillment is your spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes don't like to use that word because there's so much negative image attached to it. Yeah. And people have terrorized it yeah. by law of dogma, superstition, judgment, all sorts of things. But the way, Which, I, by the way, not spiritual at all. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the way I define spirituality is actually going back into relationships. Every person in this universe has a relationship. You have a relationship outside to your friends. You have a relationship inside to your partner, let's say your spouse or your best friend, let's say. But your primary relationship is to life itself. Every person has the primary relationship of whatever you want to call it, the universe, the life. Um, you are first in a relationship with that. Every single day, every single moment, in your dream or awake, you have a direct relationship with that aspect of reality. Mm. If your relationship is that of bad communication, of bad health and misunderstanding, we call that depression. Mm-hmm. If your relationship is that of good communication and of joy and understanding, you can understand, you can talk, you understand the, the language. We call that elevation and joy. So it's, when you understand it that way, you take things and success and all this crap immediately out of it. It has nothing to do with success. Mm-hmm. Your joy and fulfillment has to do with your relationship with reality itself. Yeah. That's why you can have somebody who's blissed out on the grass or somebody who's blissed out working as a registered nurse or as a musician mm-hmm. because you are in a relationship with reality regardless of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, you can expand that. Mm-hmm. They say money makes you happy. No, it doesn't. Money expands what you are. Money expands whatever you are. Money is energy. You know, before money used to be sheeps. Mm-hmm. At some point in reality, money used to be cotton. Yeah. At some point, it used to be sugar. Yeah. It's just an idea yeah. that transforms itself yeah. as whatever we agree that has monetary value. Yeah. So it's energy. When I add energy to you, I add power to you. 
If you're miserable, I just give you more to be miserable with. Right. But if you're joyful, I give you more to be joyful with. You will go build stuff. You will give it away. You will use it productively. It's a power you use responsibly. Yeah. So go first to join fulfillment. And when you go there, understand you're in relationship with reality. Now, how do you foster your relationship with reality? That's not an easy, just one or two thing to say. That's why we're on this earth, to figure that out, how to speak to reality. And I think that actually that story goes way beyond this life and even the world's about. I think that's an infinite story. But if you find somebody who's high energy, if you find somebody who's happy most of the time, they know something. They may not know it consciously, but they unconsciously have formed a good relationship with reality. Right? And again, you don't need to learn. Just go emulate them. They may not even know. A lot of people don't know why they're successful at something. You just have to get used to them and watch them closely. Being a good student is like the best thing in life, right? So when I started doing that, it led me to many books. I mean, reading, I used to not read. Yeah. So reading was a huge thing there. So I probably read two, 300 books in that 22, 23, 23 that I started. Um, so how do you develop that relationship with reality itself? One thing that I can say generally is emulate people who are successful at being really happy at life and really high energy and not, not pleasure. We're not talking about pleasure. Pleasure is when you get a cup of coffee or you play video games or you eat McDonald's. That gives you five minutes of happiness is sustained. It's, it doesn't come and go. It's so sustained and it's rock solid. Even if you lose, lost somebody, it's still there. Yeah. Those type of people have a certain relationship. When you start following those people, whether they know it or not, they follow certain laws. It turns out that it's not just the physics that there's laws. It turns out that it's not just fitness that has laws. It turns out that joy and fulfillment, there's laws that govern that as well. Mm. You have to do a lot of things. That is uncomfortable, that's courageous. You have to sacrifice a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It, for some people, it is everything they've ever known. Yeah. It has to be maybe sacrifice all your friends, all your job. Uh, people's job make them really unhappy. Mm-hmm. There's certain foods that make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready to sacrifice those things and learn those laws that govern life. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that really govern your relationship to life. Mm-hmm. And when you focus on that, and I think it's inseparable. I mean, I believe that these five things that I mentioned on my channel, these five things, you have to have all of them. But if you could just pick one, pick this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think if you can master this one, you can definitely master all the others. Easy. Because it's the hardest one. It's the hardest one. It takes the most amount of sacrifice. Yeah. And, it, and the reward that comes is the most delayed. There is no direct correlation. If I take a pill right now, I can feel the effects in a minute. Yeah. Again, instant gratification. I'm trained to look for that. Yeah. But if I want to become happy, I may not see it in a year, yeah. two years, yeah. um, three years for some people. Because they may be in a bad relationship, they have to get to a better relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You may be in a good job, bad job, you need to get to a good, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, so I would say it's your relationship with reality and learning the laws that govern it. And there's a lot. I think again, that could be in a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's ways, and not giving up, and understanding that you can do it. Anybody, anybody can do it. If even if you're depressed, even if you're not depressed, if you're okay, you like to just be more happy, more joyful. Mm-hmm. If you look for it hard enough, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's interesting. So, and I think if you if you have when you get to that sustained happiness, and, and I think we all will, that's a definition, that's, I think, directly correlated with finding our relationship with reality, like you said. Mm-hmm. Because I think when, for me, I'm the most unhappy when I'm in the unknown, mm-hmm. right? When I don't know what's happening. 
like I feel depleted. And I think that's when I'm, I'm the days that I have the hardest time waking up mm-hmm. is when I don't know what's on my, what I have to do. Or what, what's my point of today, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's when it's the hardest. So, mm-hmm. but that's just on a daily, but then it's on your like long-term goals and it's, you know, even like looking at myself in 40 years, like where am I going to be? You know right, what I mean? Right, Stuff right. like that. Yeah. Uh, the unknowns, I think they can be scary enough or, or, paralyzing enough where you almost like well I'm just, I'm just gonna sit here yeah. you know what i mean yeah so it can be like that mm-hmm. but i think it's the key is to enjoy for me mm-hmm. is to enjoy every day and, and to the to the fullest live it to the fullest like i i have to do so mm-hmm. for me that helps my mind like i used to work out because i thought i wanted to be like physically like mm-hmm. a certain way a certain yeah. way and that's couldn't be further from the truth now, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even touch weights now because I don't care. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need that. That actually made me feel worse. Right. Because I knew I was chasing something. Yeah, because it wasn't yeah. real. That wasn't my reality. My yeah. reality, like, especially with, you know, me with basketball, like, that's actually the opposite of what you should be doing. Yeah. You got to do more range of motion. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's all re- relative. And yeah. my reality, I, I, I've made peace with is I love basketball and I love music and I, and I love talking so these are the things yeah. I, i'm doing you know yeah. that's literally what I, and, I'm, and obviously my my wife so like so i feel like i've hit hit a lot of those and i think that's where they say because most people on average usually get married in their late 20s yeah and they and they figured out their career so mm-hmm. we're starting to hit these things right relationship career, career yeah. your finance is now good uh, it should be right. decent mm-hmm. um and then the spirituality and all of that right um that's why I guess a lot of people say, what's the saying? Those like thirties are your uh, like that decade to enjoy the last twenty nine years that you like work for, right? Because then, but usually that's never the case. Right? <laughs> right. Everybody's just figuring out what the heck is going on. That's true. Yeah. It's 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 just a lot better for a lot of people right, in right. their thirties than it you're is out of school and all. You're that. out of school. Yeah. You've done a lot of the stuff that yeah. you grew up being yeah. told to do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So you you almost check those off. Mm-hmm. So anyway, to bring us back to life after death, mm-hmm. and I, I think my take on all of this is, is if you've made peace with that reality, that relationship, I think then death isn't really, like, what is it, right? It, you welcome it, whatever it is, I feel, because you, you, you've made, you're at peace with this life. And I feel like you do get to a point, and, and, and I saw it with my father-in-law, and, you know, but he, you know, he went young, just like your father and all, like, like unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was, uh, uh, but at the towards the end, he was just so at peace with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the beginning, he went through the fears of like, what, you know, cancer, this, that. But when he made peace with it, when when he saw that, like, you know, um, I feel like he was just calm, mm-hmm. like he was just calm, and and he was. He was really happy. One of the things he said to me when he could still speak and, and he was still able to communicate, but he was sick. Mm-hmm. He told me, he's like, uh, he's like, I lived my whole life thinking like, you know, I, uh, my way is, is right. But uh, he said it then. He's like, but what if it wasn't? What if I, you know, he's like, there, there are multiple ways to do things, right? And, and he, he, what I got from that is he was basically saying like, he was letting go of is like what he was hanging on to, like becoming more fluid. Yeah, he was becoming more fluid, and he was already like a 
he wasn't like a strict person. He was just, but like in his mind, he was like that was a realization for him. Right. And then by the end, like he was just so lo- like he was like loving everybody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he was like so happy that it was just pure joy, mm-hmm. right? Until obviously he was able, he wasn't able to physically communicate it. Mm-hmm. But I know he was. I believe he was happy until Mother's Day came. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something though about the something, right? Uh-huh. And we can we can wrap up on this, but okay. the and on the actual thumbnail on your video is, is an eye, right? Right. So explain what what you mean by this. You were talking about there's something within the eye that that tells us something. Um, you mean you mean the three parts that there's nothing there's yeah nothing, yeah there's yeah. something is that what you're yeah saying? yeah okay. Um, so yeah, I guess the the conclusion of my video is that it has to be something. Yeah. But uh, I guess taking us through it is not necessarily the way that everyone talks about, which is just this hope and faith and just guessing things. But looking at patterns of life and and going across. And the truth of it is that, and these are based on my own experiences, there is absolutely no way that any of us can understand what comes from. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. The reason being is if you you get anybody, I'll give you a million dollars, if you take anybody and you teach them teach the mountains and the trees and the stars to baby in the womb. It's impossible mm. because your consciousness just has not developed to be capable. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you know and you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. You can't. It's just, it's not even, you don't know, you can't at that stage. Yeah. Likewise, in this stage, we cannot yet know or understand. And those people who have got any glimpses of it will always tell you that cannot be brought here. You can't. It's in this, you cannot bring the concepts of a tree and a mountain into the life of the womb. Yeah. So even if you experience it, even if I'm, let's say I'm seeing it here right now, I cannot bring it into language. Yeah. I can't bring it into words. Yeah. Um, and that's just due to the infinite nature of what you really are. Um, and again, that has to do a little bit with my own experiences of how every person, me, even though I'm sitting here, I'm existing in multiple different dimensions all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But my consciousness may be localized into the stable and into this body and yeah. so forth, yeah. but I exist on many different planes. Mm-hmm. And societies in the past used to study this and they used to explore these other planes. They used to talk about it like we talk about food today. Yeah. But our society has become so materialistic because we're focused on instant gratification, buying and consuming and whatever is related to what's useful now. Forget about that. We even throw old people away. We don't like old people. Right? Because they take us to a place in life where they make you think about, well, what if this stuff I care about is not really that? They remind you. They remind that you. reality. Right. And they always pull you there. Yeah. And because they don't give you that instant gratification, they don't let you stay with your attachments. Yeah. We try to stay away from them. We call them weird or boring or whatever the case may be. Um, but but that's also the part of the beauty of it, the surprise of it. So what we can expect is patterns, I would say. It's useless and impossible to expect exactly what comes. Yeah. But what we can explain is patterns. Whatever you want will extend. For example, if you're in the womb, if you develop strong arms and legs, you come to this life, you can be a runner. You expand it into that mm-hmm. role. If you develop a strength of will, so we have physical faculties, but we have spiritual yeah. faculties. Doesn't usually get talked about. One of them is your will. How many people tell you to, you need to strengthen your will? Yeah. Your ability to accomplish has to do with your will. You can have a weak will. Yeah. For example, I say tomorrow that I'm going to get up and go do this one, yeah. right? 
or tomorrow I'm gonna start this diet. Yeah. If I have a strong, strong will, I can do it 100 days consecutively without a beat. Yeah. If I have a weak will, I'll give up literally by 8 p.m. Right. So developing your will, developing your imagination, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Like you have to imagine this table first happened in your mind. Uh-huh. This idea, uh-huh. right? Humble cast, uh, the, the, the camera, everything. Yeah. Everything. Your guests, what type of guests you have, what type of ideas would you discuss? Yeah. All of these first happen in you and your power of imagination, which has nothing to do with your body. Right. It's one power of your soul. So another one is memory. Yeah. Um, so we're developing these now. And the better you develop it, the more they will expand. Mm-hmm. And one thing I can tell you is another thing you can expect, and this didn't really make it into my video, but we can really see this in dreams, is you know, you take somebody and uh, a lot of times they play this prank. Somebody's sleeping and you take a bucket of water and yeah. put their hands in it and they pee themselves. Yeah. Your consciousness or your soul creates the outer expression of your sensation in a dream-like state, mm-hmm. right? In this life, the same thing is happening, but there's a delay in time. Yeah. You are always creating reality, but from the moment of creation to the moment of ex- or seeing it, there is a time. Sometimes it happens in six months. Sometimes it happens in a year. For example, if you become a kind person, it takes about five to six months or a year or maybe a decade for you to kind, uh, attract kind people into your life. Mm, you understand? Yeah. If you're a successful person, successful circumstances may take time in order to be attracted. Yeah. This reality provides time and space before you arrive at things. And part of the reason I think it does this is because you don't know what you want. Yeah. Imagine if everybody immediately attracted what they thought they would be happy. Yeah. This world will be destroyed in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. So there is a delay between what you think you want and your manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. So that by the time you arrive at it, you can, you can reframe it. You can redesign it. You can recreate it. As you get closer and closer, as your soul expands, the delay between your creation and your, your experience of it shortens. So essentially what happens is what you think you are, what you are, that happens in your dreams right now. Yeah. If you feel scared, you will immediately create a scary scene in your image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the both empowering but the scary thing about the world to come. They, it's like a mirror. Yeah. If you make an ugly face, the ugly face will come at you quicker. Hmm. But if you make a beautiful face, it will come quicker. There's not space and time to prevent it. So that's why they say this world is the womb of reality or this world is training you. Yeah. You're learning first, you create. Second, pay attention to what you create. Third, be really conscious of it because soon enough, the time frame is going to be immediate. Yeah. With a thought, you'll create circumstances. Yeah. So, again, that doesn't really tell you what's going to happen, yeah. but it, it, it teaches you based on pattern what is already happening in your dreams and in the world of womb, and you can expect it to happen more and more. Yeah, yeah. yeah that stuff is deep, man. I mean, yeah. it, it can get really, really profound. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I love it. I, it this is stuff we don't talk about enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, it's not just us. Like nobody talks about it again because we're always diverted back into the same old. Well, the, I think a lot of it came from fear, right? And then fear itself. You know, there's a video of like a baby in, in India, I think, and there's a there's a there's a cobra uh-huh. in his face, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know what fear is, uh-huh. so he's just smacking it. Right? He doesn't know what... Yeah, I think I've seen that. And yeah. The cobra doesn't do anything. Doesn't right? do anything. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I'm like... And the parents, the parents obviously aren't around, but I bet if they were, yeah. they would be like, no, 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 yeah, right? Yeah. Because they, they've they been taught this. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of like fear or will or or patterns of thought, mm-hmm. you know, we it's like what we teach our kids or what we learn from the outside world. 
right, on our own. Um, I always think like things are very complex in this world, but they're also very simple. Like in a way, they're simple because if you ignore the noise that humans are making, right, and just focus on the energies that, that are coming. And I, I think the older I'm getting, the more in touch I'm learning to be with that, right? It's easier for me to ignore, like, what the new trend is or yeah. to ignore, like, you know, when I was younger, I wanted the best shoes and all this. Like, and sometimes I do, but it's for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I genuinely feel that energy, that positive energy, and it's not because someone else is wearing it, mm-hmm. like, I, I just, I like it if I'm, like, shopping. Like, yeah. I'll see it. Or if I see it online, I'll be like, there's a lot of things I see online that I don't even think twice about, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and a lot of people are are like that but a lot of people aren't a lot of people will, will look at every ad they'll look you know mm-hmm. but that's how that instant gratification business model yeah that's how they're running social media that's how mm-hmm. they're running the news outlets that's how they're running all the, a lot of business models are running that way even physical stores right anyway so i think for me um and then and then we'll wrap this up but i want you back on this man you got you mean this is these are topics these are some of the topics i've always wanted to discuss yeah this was awesome yeah it's awesome to have a space to be able to share these ideas yeah i don't think anybody's really doing it in this one i mean and maybe they are and good yeah. for them I, mean, I know i know actually another friend from college who just uh-huh. started a podcast uh-huh. and it's about togetherness and i was so funny because i messaged him messaged him oh, like, i'm like bro I'm, yeah. i don't it made me happy yeah. right like i wasn't trying i wasn't upset or afraid like oh he's gonna but see that, those could have been my initial and anybody who's competitive, and I'm competitive, but I've learned to manage that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain things that you don't need to be, you actually want to team up with. Mm-hmm. And I told him I want him to be on here, you know, and I yeah. want him to tell me about it, what, what inspired him to be mm-hmm. on here. So anyway, my point is this death and, and the unknown, right? I think we do a lot of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It stems for me, I think people fear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, people fear it because it's unknown. We don't mm-hmm. know what's on the other side. Correct. And that's what this whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it. But I think the older I'm getting, the older people get. Mm-hmm. Because when I ask old people about that, mm-hmm. nine out of ten of them, they're not sweating it. They're not. They're they're cool with it. Like they're like, yeah, it's gonna happen. We yeah. all die. Yeah. But like, I, I, maybe I'll say that at eighty mm-hmm. if I make it that long. But you know, it's like. But at 20 or 30, I was like, I'm still like, there's moments of like, but I'm starting to look at those elderly and see like, how are they living their life? How come they don't give a shit about the stuff that we care about? Right. Right. They must have cared at one point. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. How did they go? Like, I'm so hungry to, to get to that level of thinking and that comes, I mean, that that's good and bad. You need to enjoy the present. You can't. Just be like, I want to be a, thinking like an eighty-year-old, because mm-hmm. then nobody wants to hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But like, no. My point is that uh, that fear, mm-hmm. I think, is just having this talk. It, 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 it it's dissipated because you realize it's it's, it's learned, mm-hmm. right? Like mental habits are learned, physical habits are learned. Definitely, and um, it could go back to again that relationship you have with reality. Um, what I've learned is, you know, there's four dynamics to relationship. The first dynamic relationship, and this is both with reality and also with your spouse or whoever. Yeah. Um, the first one is competition. Yeah. 
And that was a great example, for example, you said that your friend is doing a very similar thing. Yeah. So you receive information that your friend is doing a certain thing. No, yeah. Right? And you defined it a certain way. You could have defined it or have it meant a million different ways. Yeah. So I could have been you, negative about it. You could have been negative. You could have been competitive about yeah. it. Right? Yeah. I need to be better than them. Yeah. Be, but you went to the last stage, and I'll talk about what that is. So the first stage is comp, uh, competitiveness. This is the animal kingdom way of living, mm. you know, it's mm-hmm. always about condition, not enough, it's all about lack, yeah. I need to get mine because it's not enough for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second stage is you move into cooperation, so you start cooperating with things. Yeah. Now you're still hesitant, you're not sure about things, yeah. but you cooperate because you know more good comes out of cooperation than competition, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The next stage you move into collaboration. Collaboration means you're pretty happy about what the result of cooperation is, is going to be. Right. right. Right? Because you've tried cooperation for a while and you're seeing the results and you're not in the fear anymore. Because when you're in cooperation, you're still in fear. You're just cooperating because you fear competition. Oh, you're yeah, 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 But yeah. you move in collaboration, you're not in fear anymore. You're doing it because of the joy of cooperation yeah. and collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. And the last stage is co-creation. Mm. Co-creation is when you understand you're creating your own reality, yeah. but so is everybody else. And when you have two people understanding they're both creating and they start co-creating, yeah. then you're on a whole new level, which means that you are no longer stepping in front of yourself. Everything that comes into your field of perception, you no longer see it as something that's stopping you, but something that's helping you get to wherever you need to get. Yeah. And this level of co-creation, this, this can be done with your spouse. So if you both of you are understanding, it's because there's relationships where you and I've been in, in that, in competition. Yeah. So it's about power struggle. Yeah. It's about who's exited what or whatever, yeah. right? And then you're in relationship with co-creation as you talk with your spouse, hey, I'm going to do this, you support me, and then they start giving you ideas of how you could do even better yeah. because they're so aligned with you yeah. co-creating it. Yeah. But what happens if you co-create with reality itself, mm-hmm. right? If you start co-creating with reality itself, meaning you understand reality is creating things, but you're also creating reality itself. Mm-hmm. So you develop this mutual relationship, a handshake, mm-hmm. a handshake of trust. And what happens if you sustain it over years and years and years? Fear dissipates, tends to. Fear t- tends to. So you start trusting what reality does. If reality says death is part of what I do, say okay. If it says life is part of what I do, say okay. If it says challenges, losing your job, losing this house, having the worst week of your life is what I do, you say okay, I trust you. Yeah. Because you're in a state of co-creation yeah. rather than competition with reality. Yeah. You see what I mean? That's that's pretty. And I, it reminded me of a basketball uh, legend, Kobe Bryant. I uh, think he was like. Amazing in that, that facing all fears. Like he didn't fear anything. Yeah, I feel like he did that in his profession so well. But he, everybody says he was so competitive. Uh-huh. I think it's more than that. I think he was he was co- collaborative and he was co-creating. Mm-hmm. He knew he he got to that point, right? Yeah. But to the ignorant mind, yeah. myself included, when I see him, like, damn, this dude is so competitive. He won't lose, mm-hmm. right? But he was like. 30 steps ahead of that, yeah, right? right? And that's why, like, not saying it was easy. Mm-hmm. He had to work on it, but he didn't fear it, right? He was just, he welcomed change. He wel- and they always said, he's like, he, he thought, he, like, brought into his reality just yeah. through his will. Like, he mm-hmm. he willed it into his reality. Like, it, he didn't like give up. state, like they talk about it, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't quit. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't, like, if he needed... He was so in touch with his imagination and, and creative and believed that he can bring it about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you just look at him physically, there was uh, 
a thousand players that are more physically gifted. Exactly. Yeah. But you wouldn't see that when he was playing, right? Yeah. Like he was able to do that because up here he was just he knew. And I think that's why as a society we love sports so much because it's such a visual representation of your will, uh, how your will leads to results, yeah. right? And yeah. We see it on a collective level and yeah. we can visualize it. And I think that's why we give so much of our emotion to it because we can see it in live action that when you co-create, especially with your teammates, we all know this now, mm-hmm. that if you're one person and that's all it is, you're not going to win. Yeah. But if you're aligned and co-create with your teammates and with, uh, for example, they, they say that, I don't know, it was Phil Jackson or uh, what was the coach of Miami Heat? Um, oh, um, uh, the famous ones. The famous one. Oh, Stan, um, Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah. One of them. I, I don't know which one. But they would, he would have his players meditate before the games. And how would they Phil do? Jackson. Phil Jackson. Jackson. They would visualize their win. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's going to a place of, again, co-creating with reality, yeah, right? Yeah. Because what is meditation? Yeah, yeah. Me turning my eye into reality and saying, hey, help me create this. Right. Right? Right. But what happens if you have multiple people do it? Yeah. Right? All at the same level. Right. And then you have the results that Phil Jackson did. You yeah. know, I'm not that verse in like sports and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. when I heard that, I was like, that guy you knows get stuff <laughs> about reality yeah. that most people don't and he's using it in sports. That's great. Yeah. 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 It's great. And, and yeah. Kobe too. He coached Kobe. Right. right. Um, yeah. yeah, man. We can talk out for hours on these yeah. things, man. This is great. Awesome. And obviously you're going to come back. I, I want you back on it. Um, why don't you plug away your channel and, and your Instagram and everything? Sure. Um, so my, you know, the channel's name is Expansion Network. That's the same on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. With one N. With one N. Yeah, that's right. Thank yeah. for that. Yeah. So one N in the middle. Um, and again, it's about those five concepts that I believe control everybody's life. And my content is all centered around these subjects. And I fluctuate between them. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for having me. Thanks, and um, you know, it's awesome that you're doing this. And I had a lot of fun. Good, man. Well, yeah. you're welcome back anytime. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening and watching. Um, you, uh, we're going to have Hassan back on here, uh, soon cause he has a great mind and I, I want to hear more about your awesome research. And awesome, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. No, we got to shake the way you were showing. <laughs> no. <laughs> so now I guess turn your mic off. Just put it all back in there. You just hear a bunch of slaps in there. <laughs> you slap me out. I'm only putting that. Showcase your very best